guys. Maurice the Maurice, get this guy a cold brew. Why are you guys wearing beanies inside? I don't even know. Welcome to episode 18 of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. We're back and we're annoyed. Fired up today. We're frustrated. We're angry. You got your guy, Matt Franchise. I'm upset. My guy over there, Matt Harmon, on the other side of the table. He's also upset. I know. There's a. It's just. It's bizarre, man. Well, for one, hey, it's good to see you. It's nice to see. To, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's, n- nice to see you nice again. To see you. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Good to be talking to all of our listeners. Yes. But thank yeah. you for tuning in. Unbelievable, man. It just seems like both of us, when you showed up here to record today, were both. We had like a, a like a laundry list of things that were annoying us. Yeah. About. We've had enough. We have had enough about a few things. About a few things. And, and this is kind of stemming from your rant last week about Eddie Lacy. You know, it's just kind of, you know, things add up over time, right? Right, yeah. Especially, you know, we see on Twitter, we see a lot of the same things happening all the time. Yes. And, you know, you start to get to a point where the just all the pressure down on you and you're like oh it's good and it's it's too early to be this frustrated about certain things but you know we know the off season can come with some frustrating developments and i did see uh i think it was andrew siciliano tweeted out today like it's 107 days since the season ends and it's 107 days uh till the season begins he said it like 30 times today on around the whatever the show was that he's on oh. up to the minute or whatever i don't watch if it. he says it one more time I don't watch NFL Network unless we're on it, to be quite honest. Every time he came back from a commercial, it was like, 107 days, we're halfway through the offseason, everyone. We like, said that 10 minutes ago, we know. I saw, and then I saw Steve Weich quote to him, he was like, so there's no way you found that out, right? Like, who actually who actually did that math for you? Which yeah. is probably true. So NFL sh- research. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. someone from research did. But anyways, <sighs> shout out to them. Because that is a good, it is a good point. We're at the halfway point of the offseason. Right. Like, we're officially in the weeds, too, in terms of what's happening. Because the draft is over, free agency right. is over, training camp has yet to begin. We're in OTA season. OTAs today. Which, voluntary. Voluntary, keyword, Which is, you know... It's definitely the most frustrating of all the football seasons because the takes get weird. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that today because, look, just like what you said, there's some things out there that are frustrating us right now. Yes. And we're going to get that off our chest because it's our podcast, damn it. And we've got some things to say. Before we do that, though, let's tell the people if, if they're feeling heated inside and a lot of that comes from just some self-consciousness about their looks because right. – there's nothing more frustrating than looking like hell yeah. using all these hair products that you get from the store. Yeah. You know, like, oh, let me go to Ralph's and get some Axe gel and throw that in my hair. Axe. You're going to. Yeah, lol, for real. You're going to be feeling ridiculous because you look ridiculous. You're going to have bad hair day for a month. What's the. Where can you go to fix that problem at least? DoChampsGrooming.cl. I like it. I, those guys know what's up. They sponsor our podcast. They are vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. You're not going to get all the chemicals that is in that axe crap. It's all handmade, natural ingredients, and I use it every day. I got some serum and hair serum and wax in my hair right now. Same. I got the oil in my beard. It was getting a little itchy, so, you know, you got to moisturize. But they Absolutely. got all this stuff on the website, 
and uh, it's, it's, it smells good, it keeps you looking fresh, and it's just really well-made products. Look, it's natural, like you said, it's handmade. Right. We've, we've met the creator, we've yeah. met the chemist. Yes. We've seen his hands, he right. has hands. Yes. We know it's handmade right. for vintage uh, inspired grooming products for the modern day man. Right. So, and just for our listeners right now, we are offering a 15% off promo code. If you go to dochampsgrooming.co, throw some things in your cart, you get 15% off when you enter promo code HIPSTERSPOD. That's one word, HIPSTERSPOD, Duchamps Grooming. Go get yourself some stuff. Look, we don't want to brag, but we definitely know a television celebrity uses uh, the uses the products. Us? No, no not us. We've been, <laughs> we've been on TV before, but we are certainly not as famous as this person that texted us this Ooh. weekend oh, and said right. he needed to use some products. It's Marcus Grant. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. look, if Marcus Grant is using the products and you're not, then you know you're behind the eight ball. So yeah. go to DoChampsGrooming.co. Good, good point. Like their Instagram account or follow their Instagram account. Like some pictures. Like them on Facebook. Follow yeah. them on Twitter. And use the promo code HIPSTERSPOD just like Marcus Grant. And maybe you can be on TV too. That's right. Well, at least you'll look good enough to be on TV. That's right. All right. So. All right. We're, we're, we're annoyed. We are definitely annoyed. But before we do talk about all that stuff that's making you annoyed, with a couple other like actual kind of budding storylines that we wanted to talk about um, and do a little analysis before we do a little, uh, for lack of a better word, venting. Yes. So let's get into it. So what's on your radar this week? All right. The first thing is, okay, this, this running back that Kansas City Chiefs drafted, his name is Kareem Hunt out of Toledo. The hype with this guy in fantasy football drafts right now is unreal. I did a quick Google News search this morning, and the first three headlines that came up were Kareem Hunt could be a fantasy football sleeper. Kareem Hunt could overtake Spencer Ware as a rookie. Kareem Hunt could be a big hit with the Chiefs. It sounds like Kareem Hunt could do a lot of things this year, and I think the hype is getting to the crazy intense level, and I think it's overblown. We're in that time of season where... One beat reporter says one little quote, and then the entire fantasy community latches on. And I'm sure, you know, Kareem Hunt's a talented dude. He's got great balance. He had a big workload last year, caught a lot of passes. But we're talking about a rookie who's drafted in the third round. Right, and to be fair, they did trade up for him. Yes. They made a significant investment. You know, that you do have to pay attention to when teams are telling you things by their moves. And I think what they are certainly telling us that they really like Kareem Hunt. They saw that they had a need at the running back position after Jamal Charles, you know, longtime stalwart of the team. One of the best running backs of this last era is now gone. You know, I mean, he's been essentially gone the last two years anyways. But this is obviously a move that they wanted to make. They like Kareem Hunt. And the quote you're talking about is ESPN Chiefs reporter Adam Teicher. He said he foresees third-round pick Kareem Hunt leading the team in rushing this season and leading Kansas City's running back in receptions so obviously a lot of excitement a lot of hype about that but as you mentioned this story to me i feel like we've heard this somewhere before Hmm. i mean this it's ironic too because it seems an awful lot like what happened with kenneth dixon last year Ah. and i actually wrote about this uh at footballguys.com you can look up my it's kind of a weekly column. Uh, it will be weekly during the season, but now in the offseason, not as much. Called Sunday Morning Coming Down. A little reading on Sunday morning for you. Just Kind of similar to this. Just a little vent sesh. Like something that bugs me. And something I think that we... Like a way that we think about things that is a little inefficient. Yeah. And I think... 
we get a little too aggressive about these rookie running backs sometimes. And, and I get it because there's always rookies that come out of nowhere seemingly and make big impacts. You know, think about Jordan Howard last year. Everybody yeah. is trying to chase that. And for sure, this guy Kareem Hunt is different in that, you know, even unlike Kenneth Dixon, third round pick, I know that sounds not that much different than a fourth round pick, but when they trade up for the guy on the second day, yeah. it's a bigger investment um, than what the Ravens made in Kenneth Dixon last year. But just from a prospect standpoint, these two guys are very similar, seemingly, right. to me. Uh, and I even remember, I was telling you this before we recorded, Graham Barfield, uh, who we know works for Fantasy Guru, he's a senior writer over there, he has a great running back charting methodology called Yards Created. Seriously, check out that stuff if you haven't already. Yeah, I remember listening to a podcast from him about a month before the draft when he broke down the entire running back class. And his description of Kareem Hunt, just on an overview way sounded so much like Kenneth Dixon in that this was a guy from a you know a real small program in Toledo to Kenneth Dixon's Louisiana Tech right super impressive to people on cut-ups and on film what have you uh, much like people were obsessed with what they saw out of Kenneth Dixon on film again playing at a lower level competition with a bad supporting cast on offense just very similar there mm-hmm. also neither guy was a spectacular athlete uh, in, despite being a wow player on film, and you know, I, I always talk about how our brains struggle to contextualize what we see and make it into an actual formula. But and then you actually go on mockdraftable.com, and they're what they're ninety nine percent comparable players in terms of their athletic measurements. It's crazy how similar they are. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a player with a ninety nine percent. I mean, I'm sure they exist, but this really jumps off the page at you with the kind of. Kenneth Dixon, Kareem Hunt measurables comparison. Right. And but you could argue, too, that Kenneth Dixon came into a much more unsettled situation oh, for sure. last year than what the Chiefs have. And the, for sure. Because I would argue, as much as I like Terrence West as a, as a player, I've always had an appreciation for him. I would say that Spencer Ware, another guy I really like, is a better player than Terrence West. Yes. And we saw Spencer Ware excel a little bit last year. In Kansas City, he kind of started hot and kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, and he, I think it was week one, he had like seven receptions for 107 yards as a receiver, and he added a bunch of yards rushing too. And it feels like since Jamal Charles left Kansas City or, you know, has been hurt for the last season or two, uh, they've been kind of chasing this this versatile pass-catching type guy mm-hmm. that they had in Charles. And maybe they see some of that in Hunt, um, but I mean, Spencer Ware is pretty established there as, as the the lead back right now. One of the, I mean, we talk about off season storylines. One of the big off season storylines last year was that the Chiefs were really working with Spencer Ware as mm-hmm. a receiver, mm-hmm. and I would say he's definitely, you know, maybe just average or even slightly below average as a receiver. Right. But, but it's something they obviously invested some time in with him. So from that sense, I get it. Like the Chiefs probably want someone to go alongside with him. Uh, because even as a as a collegiate player, he was never a full time running back or a full time like bell cow back at LSU. So right. maybe he did wear down as the season went on with the full workload. He was super effective, and that's why people you know like like I was drafting Spencer Ware very aggressively last year because he was so impressive in 2015 down the stretch as a you know finisher as a part time player. Yes, um, and then he was very efficient early on in that 2016 season and like we mentioned wore down so I get why they want a running back to pair with him I do struggle to imagine that this rookie is going to come in and completely 
make Ware irrelevant, though. That's where I have a problem with it. Agreed. And, and Hunt, he had a bad combine. Like, I think he ran a 4.640 or something close to that. So he doesn't have crazy speed. He has enough speed to get outside. He can run between the tackles. Um, and he can catch, too. So he's pretty versatile. But I don't know. It's just hard for me to, to imagine right now uh, him just coming in and taking this job in camp and just starting the season as the guy. And in redraft leagues, because of all this hype right now, people are going to reach for him way too soon. Right, and see, that's where it comes down to me. I am completely open to... The, I think we should have our minds open to the fact that Kareem Hunt could come in and have a big role, maybe even eventually as the season wears on, become the 1A. You know, sure. maybe the season starts with uh, Spencer Ware as the lead back to start the year, and then by the end of the year... You know, he has become the 1B to Kareem Hunt's 1A. Those roles kind of reverse. I think that would make a lot of sense. You know, however, it's just, again, you should not draft as if that's what's going to happen. You yeah. should draft as if that is a possibility. And right Correct. now, so let's get just down to brass tacks, and that's right now on Fantasy Football Calculator, Kareem Hunt is a 13th round pick. Completely fair. I get, I get that. Uh, that is, again, that's where you take a running back like him, or last year, that's where you take a running back like a Kenneth Dixon with the imagination that that's what could happen. Right. However, you know, in our mock draft, our staff mock draft that we did, Marcus Grant took Kareem Hunt in the eighth round, which ironically he did after taking Spencer Ware earlier. That's maybe a whole other discussion whether that's a smart move or not. And, right. and I'm not calling out Marcus here, but my point in that is that if we get to the point where that's what we're doing with Kareem Hunt, then that is to me too aggressive. Then that then you're drafting him with almost the certainty that he becomes the lead back. Um, right. Because in the eighth round you might have two or three, maybe four running backs on your squad. Exactly. He's not going to be your RB three out of the gate. No. And you know by the time like I I think that we take too much certainty in like our picks after like the fourth round anyways. Yeah. To me, I'm yeah. completely fine like starting to realize that if these guys whiff, they whiff and it is what it is, whatever. But you got to have again some reason for doing that other than you like the player. Like see, that's my thing. You like the fact that you think a running back is good, yeah. that cannot be your basis for taking him. You might think Kenneth Dixon is a good player. I might think Kenneth Dixon's a good player. You know, I, you might think Kareem Hunt's a good player. I might think Kareem Hunt's a good player, but it doesn't matter if they're not going to be on the field. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's another important thing is we talk as we talk about OTAs and we talk about training camp, we talk about the off season as we will now this starting this week and going forward. The most important thing that I that I think I've learned in my time playing fantasy and covering the NFL, yeah. it's like the it's the old adage from my boys at Football Guys on the Audible podcast, Cecil Lammy and Sigmund Bloom, and it's about following that drumbeat. And yeah. that's what I talk about. Yeah. I talk about in the Fantasy Live podcast all the time. It's the most important thing to do because in the offseason, news is going to be flying at you. Right. Every it's easy to day. miss stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and over overreact to stuff. Right. It's easy to overreact. Like right now, be like, oh, Kareem Hunt's going to be the lead back right. because, because Adam Teicher from the ESPN, ESPN beat reporter said something. Right. That cannot be the reason that you draft somebody. Exactly. One report cannot be the reason that you make a projection. However, if that continues to crescendo yeah. into, okay, now in OTAs, Kareem Hunt's Looking, taking first team reps or right he's yeah he's looking really good he's impressing coaches are giving positive vibes about him yeah training camp he's taking first team reps right. he's still looking really good 
Then it again it crescendos into a big preseason game or two, really puts on a show. Then that's the drum beat that you're following. You can't just follow one note, you gotta follow the entire progression. And if you again look back to the Kenneth Dixon example from last year, that drum beat was following Terrence West all along. Right. And but people were coming in with, yeah, but talent. Yeah, but talent. That doesn't matter. You don't get fantasy points based off talent. You get fantasy points based off opportunity, and that that's what creates production, which right. creates fantasy points so again i'm open to the possibility that kareem hunt becomes the the guy yeah but just be careful just be careful and i agree like he has a pretty clear avenue to playing time he only really has one guy to beat in spencer Ware. um but right now it's just a little too early to jump all over this totally people are freaking out about it and to be fair right now talking about so adp and brass tacks and all that spencer Ware right now is coming off the board 12, running back 12, 3.02 uh, on Fantasy Football Calculator. You can forget about that. Like that's, I, would, I would not touch Spencer Ware at that value. That's insane. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's way too aggressive, too, because you should, you, I mean, you should be open to the possibility, again, listen to what the Chiefs are telling us by trading up into the third round for a running back. Right. They might not view Spencer Ware as that guy. So none, neither one of these guys' values should. Like, Ware should come down. Hunts should remain there in that yeah. 13th round. Um, and if they start to fluctuate too much, that's when you can then react again. But yeah, again, just it, to me, it's just be careful. Yeah. So get out of your towers on Kareem Hunt, everyone. Right. Just let's 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 take it slow. Just sit, sit down. You know, it's like a, it's like a good relationship. You got to take it slow. Don't rush things. Don't rush things. Be humble. Yeah, right. Sit down. Yeah. Listen to the relationship guru over here. Damn. <laughs> you know what I was referencing, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. Enough about Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So our next, what's our next topic here? Uh, next topic is very personal and uh, you know a little close to me, a little sensitive about it because I had a little run in with Jets Twitter earlier in the late winter spring when I made a tweet about it and you all heard about it on the podcast. We did talk about that. And now I've come full circle and have tried to make write the ship. And I wrote an article about uh, Quincy Anunwa there in New York, and there was a report that. He could be their number one guy. Does he have what it takes to be their number one guy? Is the article I wrote for Number Fire. Uh, so let's break down Quincy Anunwa's outlook for the 2017 season in New York for the Jets. Sounds good. So obviously we know the Jets uh, parted ways with Brandon Marshall uh, right. this past season. So they have an opening in their wide receiver core. Oh, yes. They have uh, a gaping opening. Yes, yes. As, you, as you know, because you tweeted about the state of their roster. Uh, my boy Devin Smith was tore his ACL for the second time and right. is now, they waved, injured him today. Um, you know, that's just, it's sad, but it is what it is. Let, let me just run through the other guys on the depth chart here. So you okay. mentioned Devin Smith waved, torn ACL a sort of second time. Robbie Anderson, who kind of showed some promise late last season, flashed you know, might have won you your week 14 or something because he was, he was the like, only guy they had left. He was like Bryce Petty's guy. Right. Like, as soon as Petty got on the field, he just, like, Robbie Anderson just ate up all the air yards. Exactly. Um, he was arrested a couple weeks ago in Miami. I don't know if it was a concert or something. So that's like a pending legal situation. Yep, yep. Uh, Jalen Marshall, who's on the team, I think he's still on the team. He's not a real person. Skip. He's suspended for the first four games and might not even make the team. And then we have Eric Decker, whose health is a question mark. I saw a report this morning that he was on the field for OTAs, he is, non-contact. He's wearing a non-contact jersey, but he did. I saw he caught a pass from old uh, Josh McCown there and 
uh, went to the sideline. Yada. Well, look, he's looking. He's looking good, at least. That's a good uh, sign. I it's saw, a good sign. Yeah, I saw Rich Samini tweeted out like, "What hip surgery or whatever?" Right, right. Which is great because he's a beast. <laughs> yeah, we love Eric Decker. Eric uh, Decker's very, very good. But the other thing with Eric Decker is some beat writers in New York there think he doesn't fit in that core with what the Jets are trying to do in terms of rebuilding. Right. They drafted two rookie wide receivers, uh, Chad Hansen and Darius Stewart, and then they have Sharon Peak and Quentin Patton. Patton, who I think came over from San Francisco on the roster, and then Anunua. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of underwhelming names there that kind of prop Anunua up because of what we've seen him do. He's a talented guy. Yeah, so when you looked at him for your number fire article, what conclusions did you have? Because he's also, I will say, the self-promotion for me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, sure. We've got the ultimate draft kit from the fantasy footballers coming up which reception perception has exclusively partnered with that's going to be released on june 1st very exciting that's coming up quick by the time you listen to this podcast all the charting will be done all 50 players will be ready locked and loaded it's just about you know finishing up a few write-ups tightening up some screws a lot of players it has been a lot of players but one (laughs) of those 50 players in their top in their top 50 rankings was quincy anunwa so i've looked at him for reception perception i've got some takes but i want to hear what you uh what you think first all right, so the reason I wrote this is because a report came out that he's ready for a bigger role in the Jets' offense. So we talked about the opportunity with the weak depth chart there. Um, he actually had one fewer catch, I believe, than Brandon Marshall last year. He had 58 receptions. I think Marshall had 59. So he was, in terms of yardage and receiving touchdowns, and Noonwood was the Jets' leading receiver last year, even with Brandon Marshall on the field. Um, had a hundred and I think he had 105 targets. Yeah, he had at least a hundred targets, uh, which is you know pretty telling. They were they were looking for him once Eric Decker got hurt in like week three, and then Marshall got banged up. Um, so that's not too shabby considering you know his his production wasn't uh, was pretty impressive considering the quarterback situation they had last year in New York. Now the Jets also brought in a new offensive coordinator. Him his name is John Morton. And he was the Saints receivers coach for the last two years. And in case you've been living under a rock, the New Orleans Saints produced two top 10 fantasy receivers last year in Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks. Now their quarterback was Drew Brees. Right. So there's a little bit of a gap between the Saints quarterback play and the Jets quarterback play. Maybe. But it's still a promising thing that the Jets have the former Saints receivers coach coming in to run their offense. Hopefully it'll be more pass-based offense. And you know he'll, he'll really try to refine that. That uh, pass-catching core, obviously the biggest challenge that I saw is the quarterback situation. They have Josh McCown, who's going to be hurt in week two, and then they have Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. So these are the guys that one is going to have to be catching passes from. And, I mean, he did it last year with crappy quarterbacks, so why can't he improve if he's in a bigger role and has more opportunity this year with the same sort of mediocre caliber quarterback play is my my thing so i i think he's going to improve upon his uh his his receiving totals this year given the bigger opportunity and despite the poor quarterback play well and also the jets should be i mean we the the suspect here is that they're tanking you know for this season that they are going to sell out to try to get into the top few picks and get a quarterback you know we, we know that tanking doesn't really happen in the nfl but it looks like they'll be one of the three or four worst teams in the nfl yeah so they'll be trailing a lot which means they'll be in pass first situations the good point you know so the if eric decker's there he should obviously be the favorite to lead the team in targets he's a super consistent player we know he's a great red zone threat yada 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 um but 
Anunua would be second in line, which means he could push for 120 targets if they're. And when that happens, you know, if you get 120 targets, it's real hard to fall outside the top 30 fantasy receivers. You either have to be real bad, or your quarterback has to be real, real bad. And yeah. you know, if Josh McCown starts a few games, which we hope he does, we hope he stays healthy. Yes, they'll they'll get some at least reasonably decent, competent maybe slightly below average quarterback play, but not Brock Osweiler level quarterback play from right. last year. Right. Um, if Christian Hackenberg gets in there, you know, all bets are off. Then it's Yeah, then it's garbage. Game over. Who the hell knows what's going to happen back there then. But, so looking at Anunua's production, though, so obviously I dug into his, his season for reception perception. Yeah. Before digging into all that, like, his production in game-to-game was really unpredictable. I okay. mean, he would have, he had one, two, three games, or no, one, two, three, four games, no, Three games with just one catch, several with just two or three. Yeah. Really hard to predict. He would have these blow like he had a blow up game against Cleveland where he had eleven targets, four catches for ninety three yards and a touchdown. One of those was a long catch and run. Yes. Similar situation there in New England when he had five targets for five catches, hundred and nine yards and a touchdown. You know, so again, he would have these just games where he'd catch everything thrown his way. He had another one in week two, Buffalo, Thursday night football, six catches, six targets, six catches, 92 yards and a touchdown. So just really fluky up and down. Now, I don't want to say fluky like he didn't earn the points he got, but I mean, just it was hard to predict when those were going to happen, even when he took over the role as the number two receiver mm-hmm. for the Jets outside of Brandon Marshall. Um, he also... Did again, like we mentioned, when Bryce Petty came along, he really took to Robbie Anderson over uh, Quincy Anunua. Right. And the Robbie Anderson kind of bypassed Anunua at that point. Practice squad guys. Right. You know that little backup to backup connection definitely came to fruition there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to me, I liked some parts about Quincy Anunua's game when I charted him. But here's the biggest question to me. You know, what is he? Because he's a 6'2", 220-plus pound guy. Yeah, he's big. Uh, but he played a lot from the slot in his reception like perception. 92%, I think. Yeah, in his reception perce- yeah, reception perception sample, 71.3% there of his go. snaps came from the slot. Um, and then 82.1% of his snaps came when he was behind the line of scrimmage. So not lined up as the X receiver with his foot on the line facing press coverage facing off of it so they could move him around and that's because the Jets offense last year run by Chan Gailey and when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick in his breakout year for 2015 which feels like 50 years ago now but they're they have a lot of guys on the field they spread these guys out they run a real up-tempo spread offense so they could have Eric Decker and Quincy Inunua in the slot is that going to be a situation that happens this year uh, if they're both on the field, can they? Can, will they have them spread so far out, or is one of them going to have to play outside? And if Anun was the guy that plays outside, I question whether he can really succeed uh, in that role. Okay. His success rate versus man coverage, 56.7%. That's the 17th percentile of receivers I've tested over the last three years. Had a slightly, just a right around league average success rate versus zone coverage, and just above league average contested catch conversion rate. I talked about the explosive plays he'd make in space. That was, you know, the biggest strength of his. He broke multiple tackles on uh, tw- on 20% of his in-space attempts, which is above the NFL average. He's tough. Right. He's a tough, big he's guy. Like, uh, Brandon Marshall light almost. Sure. He's, he's, you get him in space, and his most successful route when adjusted for usage was on that flat route, just the quick out, like, quick out to the sideline and mm-hmm. then have him break some tackles, you know, again – Get him more against zone coverage. So I don't know that we have some sort of breakout 
uh, high-end wide receiver, but you know because he's a he's a guy that's playing in an offense that should have a lot of volume to go around. I do think he's at least interesting. The opportunity is there. He's probably going to be like a late round type of guy that you can score maybe in the thirteenth, fifteenth round. And slot him in as a flex guy based on a matchup, or but I think he's going to be a good value either way, just because of the opportunity knocks there. And uh, the other thing I pointed out in my article on Number Fire is we got to remember, like you mentioned, he played a lot out of the slot, um, and Brandon Marshall was banged up, but he was still on the field for 15 games, so he was drawing the attention of the number one defender or whatever, which mm-hmm. left Anunua to do whatever he did. But can he handle, like you said, that X receiver role where he's lined up against the team's best defender? Yeah, I would think not. Right. Um, so again, I'm just that'll be a fun thing to monitor in training camp is what kind of alignment are they using these guys? Is Anunwa playing more outside or yeah. is he playing inside? Because if he's on the interior, I think that's a good position for him. You know, have a low average depth of target, get some more high uh, percentage passes going his way, which will be even better if they have rocky quarterback play. But you'd imagine that that's going to be Eric Decker's role. And again, if they're going to run a more conservative offense than they did um, it, last year with Chan Gailey and that spread system, then I don't know that they can have two slot players in Decker and Anunwa. And of course, obviously, Anunwa did a lot of that last year with Decker out of the lineup. But right. like you said, Saints offensive coordinator influence there. That could be a pretty big thing where they do spread the field and get Anunwa into some creative positions. For sure. And you mentioned draft value. And right now, he's wide receiver 67. 14th round on fantasy football calculator and that's perfect i mean that's where you take those flyers you know he's behind guys like Hal- alan hearn zay jones cooper cup give me a break cooper cup uh josh doxton brashad perryman chris hogan the list goes on and on of guys that he will almost certainly have more targets than maybe not brashad perryman but right um, right you the know target upside is kind of just you can't ignore it yeah and again you're not look. I don't think you're looking at this guy as like some sort of breakout superstar, but I think you no. are looking at him to do a lot of what he did last year, which is have some potential spike weeks, and hopefully they become a little bit more predictable than they were last year. Right, a little bit higher floor. Right. All right, so that's that, it. That's it for uh, for our like kind of football takes. Now let's get mad. Yeah, because we look. We're <laughs> we're transitioning into a new segment called Mad Online. Yeah, and we're mad online. Hipsters got- mad on analog. I don't know. Yeah, that, that that didn't go over well. Yeah, we tried. We're mad online. So, all right, what's what, what are we what are we pissed about? Uh, how about all these gifts coming out of OTAs about like, uh, for instance, this Kelvin Benjamin gift? Oh my god! You got something to say about that? That one really that one really got under your skin, huh, buddy? <sighs> hey, buddy. So oh, man, I take, wake take a breath. <laughs> wake up this morning. First thing I do, you know, because I'm a millennial and I'm a loser. <laughs> look up my phone before I get out of bed. Yeah. And the first thing that's going on is just a ton of analysis over this video of Kelvin Benjamin running like a dig route. Right. In training camp or in OTAs, excuse me. And I just was, I mean, honestly, I was disgusted with my timeline and the takes that were coming out of it. Idiots. I, this is. <laughs> Collect be, your thoughts. It's going to be tough to get through. <laughs> and I, I realized that I just had like a rant about this Lacey thing last week. And it, I don't want to have another rant, but I feel like we're going to have a few rants here. All right, that's fine. So This is a safe space. It's just, I just don't understand why people think they need to give a take about like one video clip. Like I saw so many people just saying, 
wow, he looks so slow. This is not a number one receiver. This guy doesn't have any quick twitch. And it's like, okay, one, Kelvin Benjamin has always been slow. Yeah. So the writer who posted it, Bill Voth, who just uh, got hired by the Panthers media team, he actually uh, gave me an opportunity to write a Black and Blue Review back in the day, the website that he used to run before moving to the Panthers. Um, great writer, good good follow, great information. Um, he said, I followed his, I was looking at his tweets after he posted that video, and he said, he's like, honestly, I didn't think anything of it. Kelvin always looks slow to me. I thought people would just want to take a look at him because he's always in the news or whatever. Right. So, like... this is It's not a shock that Kelvin Benjamin is slow. He's always been slow. Yeah. This is not new information. Right. And, like, there's... No, just to me, there's nothing to glean from that. Uh, remember <laughs> last year when Derrick Henry fumbled over some bags in a footwork drill and people freaked yes, out about that. That's what I wanted to bring up, like... Yeah, and then he he went on and had a great rookie year behind DeMarc Murray. Yeah, he didn't break out or anything, but like it was probably his first time going through that drill. He was running backwards, so he couldn't see where he was going. And they had it all these weird angles. Maybe he'd never done that drill before. And someone posted the vine or whatever it was, and then everyone's like, Derrick Henry, terrible lateral agility, horrible footwork. Look how slow his feet are. I can't believe this guy's in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and a lot of that, like, that was what people said about Derrick Henry coming out. Right, you know, just right. Like, Bad lateral agility. Right, just yeah. like the narrative on Kelvin Benjamin is he's fat, he's overweight, he's lazy, he's slow. And he very well may be, but the problem is, just you see something like that, you see a seven-second clip, and all it is is confirmation bias. You, Your brain sees exactly what you want to see out of it, and if it confirms your pre your preconceived notion then you're just gonna take that as gospel but it's a seven second clip you have no idea if the play was supposed to be run at full speed right you have no idea if that's what exactly what they wanted him to do give me a break the fact that you think he looks fat slower he looks like a tight end whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter you don't need to be fast to tower over someone in the corner of the end zone right and you know i <laughs> Look, Kelvin Benjamin's reception perception last year sucked. Sure. He was had a had a bad year. He had a bad year. He's not he's not that good. I think he's painfully miscast plus, as the team's number one receiver. Plus he's torn an ACL, so right. that can affect his speed too. Absolutely. But my whole point is, like, can we just not like you don't have to have a take about everything. Yeah. I say that all the time. And especially it comes to like of a clip out of OTAs, like you don't just I just you're not learning any information from that. It's right. just confirmation bias. It's just look, if you want to get some jokes off, you want to fire off some tweets, fine. But just don't take it seriously. Yeah. That's my point. Go, go ahead, finish. No, that's all I have yeah. to say. On One that. another example of this is last year in OTAs with Jay Ajayi, who everyone questioned his pass catching skills. And then there a report came out from I don't know where, some local Miami newspaper that he dropped a pass in OTAs. And then the fantasy community blew this up to be like, J.H.I. can't catch, he has no hands, he has hands of stone, he's not going to be a third down back. And then he comes in and has something like 28 receptions on 35 targets or whatever right. it was last year. After he caught a bajillion passes at Boise State, Yeah, I think he way. had like 50 receptions in his last two years at Boise. And, and it's just like, if he's catching this many balls in college and then he drops a pass in OTAs, like, oh, you're going to drop, these guys are going to drop a pass. 
It doesn't need to be written up as a news story because a running back drops a pass and then everyone takes it and runs with it and says he's not going to be out there on third downs and it's going to be a committee backfield. And then we see what happens with Ajayi, and he just took that job and ran with it and had was in the Pro Bowl. I mean... And I know a lot of this is going to come off as squaring, and some of it is... That's fine. We're mad online. Yeah, it's, some of it Screw is... Screw you guys. Yeah, some of it is... Squares, but... F- because this is frustrating to see this, but yes. I think there's a point to learn from both of these things too. Even if we're annoyed by them, yeah, it's again it's, it comes back to that drumbeat. Like you can't take one isolated incident and yeah. blow it up. Especially, certainly not some seven second video clip, and definitely not even one note from one practice. It's got to be a continuation of something. It's got to be a broadening storyline. And yeah, Kelvin Benjamin might have some history of weight issues, but that leads me to my next point. <laughs> the next thing I'm just mad about and that's people just this weird obsession with players weight and i know i talked about with eddie lacy last week that was more about bad jokes was what i was ranting about right because the lace like Lacey's the butt of that the weight jokes and it's just tired right the, the, the jokes are bad yeah that's what we were talking about then but the longer i stay in this the more i'm just honestly it's just freaking weird how yeah. people are with players weight like fantasy player sitting at his cubicle for set the seventh hour of the day as he reaches for Twix bar on his desk has the audacity to tweet or to make some stupid joke or a comment about a player's weight. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's so stupid. It's just, there's no self-awareness to it. Like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just bizarre. And that's the thing. These guys might have conditioning issues, right. whatever. Right. And I get they're that. humans. Yeah, they're humans. And look, if you're an athlete, you probably should be in shape. You should do that. And I understand it from that perspective. But the obsessive way people talk about it is just bizarre to me. Or like, oh, Kelvin Benjamin is fat. Like, you don't look fat in that clip to me. Looks like you could probably still run circles around you, bro. That's yeah. my. I mean, that's my thing. Yeah, he's a professionally professional athlete. I mean, get out of here. Like it's I don't, and. Again, I know people just want to make jokes, and that's fine. Like, I'm not taking this all that seriously either, but I don't know. It's just bizarre to I me. Have a little respect. Yeah, the, the weight thing is just, I mean, it's like I said, it's just bizarre. It's the, it is the way people obsess about it or, like, yeah. track conditioning stories. Like, when Albert Hainsworth was in the league and, like, people were, like, there was all this coverage over his conditioning workout with Washington when Mike Shanahan took over. It's just weird like oh donovan mcnab is fat and out of shape and all this and just i don't know again just bizarre to me i would like it if we could just all cool it with the weight stuff especially if you're not out there training your ass Squares. off maybe maybe cool it with the with the weight thing while you sit on your couch and you know eat doritos during a sunday game right. you know maybe <laughs> maybe give it a rest yeah even though doritos are fire all right well you know what else is making me mad online right now yeah tell me these people who, like, for example, with Kareem Hunt, like, has all this hype, and then, so a bunch of fantasy a- analysts tweet about him, and are like, watch out for Kareem Hunt, whatever, you can have your opinion. And then people are like, tweet back, shh, don't, don't stop tweeting about this player so he stays a sleeper so I can draft him in, in my league. Like, no, <laughs> we're not going to not tweet about players that we see that we like. We have, this is our job. We have right. to tweet about it. We have to talk about it. We have to let people know because our job is to educate everyone else so that they can maybe get a leg up in their league. And, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, 
you're the one who has the advantage that we're giving you this information. Don't tell us to shut up. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get it. And pe I get these tweets all the time because obviously, like, you know, I tweet about a receiver that I really like. And right. I was like, shh, you know, you don't want him to get the Harmon bump or whatever, which, oh, God, give me a break. I I get it. Maybe some people, which I, honestly, d don't do that. Like, don't draft a guy just because I tell you to draft a guy or don't try to draft a guy just because franchise tells you to draft right. a guy. You want to have a better reason than I like him as a player. Right. If you, if you like some perfect example was with Tyler Lockett last year, like that got out of control because I liked a player, you know, and everybody's like, Oh, this guy's, you know, Harmon's breakout guy. Don't do that. Don't right. like, you should just don't, don't, don't take a player because I like them. There ought to be better reasons than that. You need to have a better reason to select a player other than just like, this is Harmon's guy. So the Harmon bump thing already is one thing I don't I don't like. Like yeah. I'm a I'm a very flawed person that's going to make a lot of mistakes. Like <laughs> right. don't don't do that. And just cuz you like someone, like there's no right or wrong in this, you know? Like that's yeah. kind of the beauty of what we do. Yeah. I can see something I like in a player and be like, I think he's going to be great. And you can be like, yeah, but here are his weaknesses, so I'm going to avoid him. And the whole beauty of it is that we're putting information out there for the people who play fantasy football to collect information and make decisions based on that information for themselves. Right. Like if, if I like a player in reception perception one, like that's not a, a predictor of fantasy, fantasy success. Exactly. That just means I like the, I like the way the player runs routes. He right. gets open a lot, but that doesn't always mean that then he's going to be a great fantasy player. Like I can make a point about like, Oh, hey, like, I mean, this doesn't, this example doesn't, oh, well, here's a perfect example. I love Malcolm Mitchell. Everybody knows I think he's a great player. Right. And I can be like, yeah, hell yeah, Malcolm Mitchell, he's awesome. His reception perception's great. But then franchise can, can counter the point and be like, well, yeah, but where is he going to get any targets in the right. New England offense? He's not a fantasy asset because of that. And that's, that's mm. why this is, you shouldn't just take, just because I like a player, don't draft it, don't draft him because of that. It, there needs to be multitude of reasons. If the player, like Allen Robinson is a great example that the reception perception is fantastic. Then he inhaled a ton of volume in an offense that threw the ball a lot. And that's why he became a breakout fantasy right. guy. There's a lot of different factors. Yeah. Like yeah. Fa talent or his reception perception results. That's like maybe a 15% of it, but there's gotta be an opportunity to go along with it. But my point in all of that is to say like, I get those tweets a lot too. And my, my, my favorite response is just always to be like, I can't shush or I stop getting paid. Right. Um, I'm going to start saying that to people. Yeah. That's the best. That's just the best response. Like I get it. Those people are just being cute or whatever, but it, it does get, it, it does get annoying. I'm with you there. But like, we can't shush because our job. My my profile on Twitter is writer and word speaker for NFL.com. Like, right. if I stop writing the words and I stop speaking them, they stop paying me. And if they stop paying me, then, Charlie goes hungry. So oh, you people, God, you we pe don't want that. You people telling me to shush. People telling franchise to shush. We're both dog fathers, man. Yeah. And just think about that. Think about the next time you shush franchise. Poor Bruno, out on the streets starving. He gets one less scoop of kibble. Yeah, and one less scoop leads to two less scoops and then three and then it's just a downward spiral at that point right and then just then they're both the sleeping under the 405 and eating rats right before long they're both looking at each other like who's going to eat the other first so you Whoa. see yeah that's right people <laughs> yeah yeah you, if you shush franchise you might force him to eat his dog or you might force his dog to eat him Whoa. think about that yeah stop telling me to shush all right so are we I'll less give, i'll give you something to shush are we less mad now I think so. I think so. so. I think I've got some stuff off my chest. All right. Well, to have a little fun before we close out the football section of the pod, yeah. 
let's talk about something else that came into the news this week, and that's this rookie premiere group photo. Oh my gosh! So the rookie premiere, I think, was it at the Rose Bowl or was it was uh, at the Coliseum somewhere in LA, right? Yeah, I think so. Anyways, but if you if you're listening along with us, pause the podcast, go on Twitter. And go to the. You can go to the NFLPA's official account at NFLPA, and you can pull up the rookie premiere photo of these guys. With, by the way, first first problem with the picture, the the caption that they tweeted along with it is, "Our Saturdays are for the boys." Um, and when they tweeted that, they put Saturdays apo- or Saturday apostrophe s. Yeah. So like, they put the possessive <laughs> grammar on please. the set. Yeah. What what a tr- like yo. Use some correct grammar. You're an official account. What's wrong with you? I, I know. At least spell boys with a Z instead of an S. Jeez. Yeah, just do something right. Anyway, so they've got a lot of big-name rookies here, and it's a bizarre photo. I mean, okay, first of all, obviously they wanted to get the lighting right, and it's a clear, sunny day, but, like, they must have been like, okay, guys, everyone look directly into the sun because that's where the camera is. Yeah, I count... One, two, three, four. It's too many to count. There are so many guys squinting, squinting in this picture. one eye open, head down because the sun is directly in their eyeballs. I think Deshaun Kaiser has his eyes completely closed. Maybe he was blinking. I mean, my uh, guy, my guy, Carlos Henderson here on the first row, dude, number eleven for the Denver Broncos. It's like completely got. It looks like he's winking. He's giving an awesome wink, and then. Uh, yeah. Well, go ahead. Jamal Williams is a funny one. Dude. He's got his head completely tilted back, smiling up at the camera. He looks like he's just basking in the glow. His eyes closed, just like he's he's yeah. Like this the 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 sunlight from God is just shining down on him in a shaft of light. Like the like, I get to play oh, with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, <laughs> handoffs from Aaron Rodgers. Woo! Here's, a, here's another disturbing thing, and this one has less to do with the sun, but go to the back row there. Mike Williams for the L.A. Chargers, he's still wearing number seven. Yeah, he looks pissed. Get the, Well, he should be pissed. Get this guy a real jersey number. Yeah, you're, you're Chargers. What, is he a quarterback? Yeah, every year do you have to screw over your first-round pick? Like last year, you wouldn't just pony up the money for Joey Bosa. Now this and he held out forever. It took him like three games to get on the field or something. Now what? They can't even get Mike Williams a dignified jersey number. No seven. Get that out of here. Oh, he. I like that they put him next to Deshaun Watson though. No, that was nice. Yeah, probably dap each other up a little they bit. They both but... look really pissed though. Well, Maybe again, they're hungry or something. Like you mentioned, they're staring into the sun. I mean, I took a picture like this. My <laughs> our first day of freshman year of college, they would have us like the whole like future class of 2013. Yeah, uh, like take a big group photo out on Schellenberg or the field, which is also ironic because like half those people didn't, you know. People didn't make it to graduation right. day because they all <laughs> transferred or got kicked out. Right. Um, not your boy, though. Hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, so the... Uh, <laughs> not your boy. Not your boy. I made it. <laughs> Can confirm graduated from college. Uh, but they all had us take this picture, but at least they had the good sense to put our backs to the sun. Right. Edited in post-production or something. Do something. But yeah, this God. is just a bizarre picture. And we got our Darius Stewart here on the left with his Jets jersey on. He looks like... All right, like I'm gonna be catching passes from Josh McCown for a game and a half, and then you're gonna give me Bryce Petty. Like, what is my life? He looks like he just peed a little. Maybe Cooper Cup is having like an existential crisis in the. <laughs> in the <laughs> Yo, his hair is on fire though. Uh, he's his got hair some looks good hair. Good. We've got to we got to give respect to him as probably the best one of the best hair games in the in the whole in the whole group. But he's like looking at an angle down at is that Juju Smith. Uh, yeah, his back, like looking at his back, like what, like where am I? 
Yeah. He, he's pretty sad to be a Rams player. Uh, Joe Mixon's pretty happy. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, everyone just go find this photo. You're, you Have some fun with it. Make some memes. Crop some faces out and send them to your friends with funny captions. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of fun you can have with this picture. Um, speaking of Joe Mixon, there was one other thing in the getting mad part that I forgot to that we forgot to bring up. Oh, let's get mad. And, yeah, let's get mad one more time before we flip it to music and beer. So... The NFL, obviously, uh, if you've been paying attention to the news today, they decided to roll back their strict policies on celebrations. Right. I think now they'll, they're allowing celebrations with the ball as a prop. Yes. They're allowing group celebrations, um, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. AKA making the game, which is a game, yeah. making it fun again. Right. Make football fun again. Yeah. It's, what is that? M F. F-A. F-A. MFFA. MFFA, bro. Make football fun again. Anyways. Yeah, Raj. So, great decision. It was. Awesome. That's what we want. We don't want the players to be robots. It's so stupid that they were getting fined for that. But then, okay. Marvin Lewis yeah. had the most asinine comment about the entire thing. Bengals head coach. Bengals beat writer for uh, ESPN, Catherine Terrell, said that Bengals coach Marvin Lewis said that the new celebration rules are not a good example for young people. Dude, I'm sorry. I mean, I know where this is going, but just that in general without any other context is a square comment. Yeah, it's completely sorry. stupid. It's so, like, for one, you know, he says the rules were changed for a reason. I thought we had a good outcome. Uh, again, this is a team game, and I don't understand why we want to give into individual celebrations. Okay, Let's start off with why this is the least... Let's just talk about why this is the least self-aware comment of all time. Right. One, bro, do you forget that you had Chad Johnson on your team for years? The guy, you can find the gifts online now. Plenty of people are tweeting them out of him taking the ball and hitting it like a putt-putter with the pylon. Yeah. I mean, you were there. <laughs> what did you do about that, Marvin Lewis? Was yeah. that a good example for you, young people? You were, you were pumped about a touchdown. That's what happened with you. Okay, yeah. and so the, what's the and so you can talk about why the second reason this is uh, the least, most least self aware thing. Well, he of all said time. this is a bad example for the young people out there, and the Bengals go ahead and they drafted Joe Mixon, who was like the most controversial draft pick of the season, right? Based on his off field events, and there's video of him with you know being violent, which we don't condone at punching all. a woman in the face, right? So like that's out there, you can go find that. It's not news. But for the coach who drafted that kid and to defend why the team drafted that kid and then to come out and say this about celebrating after your team scores a touchdown, that is asinine. It's it's ridiculous. It's probably, the like I said, the least self-aware thing totally. I've seen. And again, it's just... The way, the way that sports media and sports culture has just a, a completely tone-deaf way of talking about violence against women. Right. And then, but making a big deal about things like this. I know. Like, that is stuff we have to move past. Yeah. Like, we got to, we just have to be better than that. And, you know, Marvin Lewis has to be aware of that. You know, you you got to understand that if you're going to say something like, this is a bad example for young people but you're going to draft Joe Mixon. And, you know, oh, by the way, like, this is what the Bengals do. They take risks on bad character guys all the time. And that's fine if that's the decision your organization wants to make. 
I get it. But then you can't say stuff like this. You can't make a self-aware, like a completely lack of self-awareness comment like like that this is a bad example for young people. Agreed. And I've always liked Mar Marvin Lewis as a coach, and it's just really shocking that he said that because that's, you know. This is stupid. It's just out of control. Yeah. Right. So we got mad about a lot of stuff on today's <sighs> episode, um, but I think that there's a lot of things to learn from it, and they're probably the... A super valuable life lesson. One of the most important traits I believe people can have is self-awareness. There you go. And one of the most important traits a fantasy player can have is don't overreact to one thing uh, and follow the drumbeat during the off season. And I think we can learn. I think you can learn that from what we got mad about today. Agreed. Also, don't take pictures when you look into the sun. Yeah, don't stare at the sun ever. Yeah, it's not good for you. You'll go blind. All right. Well, Break, I think you and I news. both need to take a little break here yeah and uh we'll come back on the other side with a little music and beer probably something that could both uh, we could both use right now uh agreed see you on the other side all right everybody we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show it's the duchamps grooming company their vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man are incredible they have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right they also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, you can find all this stuff at the online shop at www. D-U-C-H-A-M-P-S-G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G dot C-O. That's DoChampsGrooming dot C-O. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, DoChampsGroomingCo, and on Twitter, at DoChampsGroomCo. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. Before we jump into the music and beer segment of the week, we got another uh, segment sponsor to tell you guys about. And if you've been listening to the, to the podcast, you are familiar with Flag and Anthem, their men's clothing line. Uh, they make classics that are always cool, and we are rewarding our listeners with a 25% off promo code. The promo code is Fantasy Hipsters. On your first order, you get 25% off. Go to flagandanthem.com. They have new shorts in for summertime. They got some oh. new button-up short sleeve shirts for summertime. They got some Flames shorts right now. Flames shorts? In the new arrival. Those things are killer. Yeah. I We just we just put in a new uh, order for with them. Yeah. And I definitely, your boy definitely got some of those shorts. I got some too. Oh, great. So you copied me? I copied you. Cool. The uh, King shorts with the... I don't know, what's on those? It's, their, it's the, little, the little pattern there. I don't even know what you call those. But that little that pattern that's like super popular. Oh, a mainstream pattern? No, it's the, pais that's, it's that's the, pais it's the Paisley mainstream? print. It's the pa Paisley. That's the print. Anyways, your boy got some Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are sick. I think I got another pair of shorts from them when we ordered. Uh, yeah, their stuff, is, their stuff is awesome. They got a, lot, a ton of new arrivals right now that are sick. Yeah, some summer stuff. Uh, all the stuff in, in the summer is cotton. It's lightweight. It's good for warm weather. I know it's springtime. 
things are warming up, go get yourself some, some button-ups, go get yourself some nice t-shirts. They have some hats now, they got polos, uh, they got denim, anything you need, just go to flagandanthem.com. Again, Fantasy Hipsters is the promo code. You get 25% off your first order. And do us a favor, follow Flag and Anthem on Instagram and Twitter. They need help with their social following, so support the hipsters, support Flag and Anthem at Flag and Anthem CO on both social networks. They do random sales on Twitter too, so keep an eye out for those. And uh, get yourself, update your closet for summertime. Now's Sounds the time good. to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So right. let's, uh, let's hear it. What's your music pick of the week? All right, this, this is, uh, you know what? I've been catching some flack that my music picks aren't hipster enough. You all can go screw yourself. Listen, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what I want to talk about. You know? Yeah, this the point of this is not to give out like the most underrated band of the week. Like yeah. this is to let you know what I've been listening to. Yeah, what I like, and maybe what the flavor of the week is for me personally, which always isn't always the latest band on the scene that nobody's ever heard of. Also, it's the it's like the same thing as when people get pissed at you, be like, that's not a sleeper. Look, just because it's not a sleeper to you or not a hipster band to you. Uh, that doesn't mean it might not be a hipster band to someone else. Trying to spread some culture here, bro. Exactly. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to educate you, spread some culture. We can't assume that everyone who listens to this podcast knows uh, about all these bands that are quote-unquote mainstream or whatever. We're trying to give you picks that we think you might be into, that I've been listening to, that I know about so I can educate you, and like Harmon said, spread some culture. So kick your feet up and and relax. Yeah, relax. All right. So you might have heard of this band. They've been around for like 40 years. Uh, you know, the Grateful Dead. That's who I'm going to talk oh, about. Wow, right that now. is really not a hipster pick at all. <laughs> well, look, 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 look. I was just defending like, hey, it might, be, might not be a sleeper to you, but it might be a sleeper to somebody. I think if you, uh, if, you if, if the Grateful Dead's a sleeper to you, you you've been sleeping for quite I'm a long time. I'm not calling them a sleeper, and I'm I not know, saying know, they're I a hipster know, band. Maybe they're a hippie band, not Definitely. a hipster band. Very much. But look, I'm talking about they're now dead. They're coring as touring as Dead and Company this summer. The tour starts May 27th in Vegas. I'm actually going to one of their shows at the Hollywood Bowl uh, at the end of the month in May. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I've been binging on Grateful Dead lately to, you know, get, get it back in my head. And they have thousands of songs, of versions of songs. They've been releasing live shows from 1970s and beyond for years and years. Their catalog is endless. It's all about the live show and how the songs evolve and change from from one tour to a next or you know you listen to one song and then they play it 10 years later and it sounds completely different that's the beauty of the grateful dead they were ahead of their time when they first came out and now it's almost like people are starting to catch up with this so uh dead and company is just another iteration there's been many iterations of the grateful dead since jerry garcia passed away in the 90s they had further they had rat dog i'm sure there's some other ones out there that i'm forgetting uh but they're in the news right now because they brought in John Mayer to play guitar with them. Hmm. And Deadheads, who are passionate Grateful Dead fans, are very skeptical about this. But there's, they wouldn't just bring him in if they did not respect his talent and they did not think he meshed with what they do on stage every night. And uh, Bob Weir, who also plays guitar in that band, has said some really awesome things about John Mayer and how they connect on a musical level. And John Mayer has been like taking this role really seriously if you look at find his twitter he's been tweeting out his favorite song favorite grateful dead track every day leading up to the tour so you can familiarize yourself with some of that stuff 
And he's taking it very seriously because he respects their catalog so much. And the magazine, this magazine that I interned for in when I was out of college called Relics, they just did a cover story on Dead & Company and how John Mayer has been incorporated on stage with them and how magical it's been and how they're just... He's loving it, and a band is rejuvenated. These guys are old, man. Like, they're late 60s, early 70s, I imagine. I'm not sure how factual that is. But they have John Mayer now, and he's still... It's, it's an extensive catalog that he has to learn. He has to learn all the guitar parts, and they get this magical vibe on stage where things are different every night. So I'm just deep into the Grateful Dead. I'm sharing it with you. I want you guys to know. If you don't know, uh, if you need an introduction to the Dead... There's an article that just went up on Pitchfork by a writer named Jesse Jarno, who gives you like some essential tracks if you're just starting to learn about the dead. And what's really cool about John Mayer, if you go to his Twitter account, there are people who reply to him tweeting these songs out saying, I've never heard of the Grateful Dead, but since you're in the band, I'm going to check them out now. He's kind of reintroducing this band to a new generation of music fans, which I think is really cool. John Mayer's going on 40, so... He's not old, but he's not as young. He's not super young either. So he's mm -hmm. right in the middle here. He can bring these younger fans of his music, which was kind of pop and then went blues and all kinds of genres. He's kind of bringing this new generation of music fans and educating them about what the Grateful Dead is. And it's really cool. So I, I don't need to explain to you guys what the Grateful Dead sounds like or anything like that. I'm going to post a couple of my favorite tracks from them on the Fantasy Hipsters picks spotify playlist but i'm going to see them in, a, in about a week and i'm really excited for it so i just been knee deep in grateful dead and i want to share that with you guys very cool i dig it yeah grateful dead's a good listen yeah, i've man. seen you on spotify listen to them a lot because if you're if you only have like three friends on spotify which i do because i don't, don't want to be friends with people yeah i only follow like 10 people on there I, you can see what everybody's listening to so yeah it's it's just i don't know you know i've always been a fan of the dead i've never gotten as into them as i am now but Trying to prepare for the show, trying to educate myself, and dig it. Wanted to share it with the listeners because it's important to me. Very cool. Well, I will share my beer pick of the week, and I got I got to give a shout out to uh, to Alex Gelhar on this one. Uh, you may have heard of him. No, nope, he, never heard of him. Hmm. Okay, well, if you were not familiar with him, he is a NFL.com fantasy football writer. He produces the Fantasy Live podcast. Oh, little, yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's a little, like, small-time program. Hopefully, um, by stealing some of our audio and putting it in their show one time, hopefully that gave him a few extra viewers. Gotta go down to the UPS store and mail out a package. Right, yeah, oh, that's him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know who I'm talking about. Anyways, <laughs> he brought home some beer from BevMo the other day. And one of the beers that he brought home was uh, a really interesting one. It's called Monkey King from New Holland Brewing. It's a Saison. Ooh, I like saisons. Yeah, this is out of this is actually out of Michigan too, I believe. Ooh. So it's a little bit different from the uh, California beers that I'm here talking about right. all the time. But right. their website describes it as a soft, medium body saison with subtle pepper character and fruity undertones. Whoa! I like a good fruity undertone. I don't like a good fruity <laughs> overtone. You know, if it's too fruity, not into it. But this is a good subtle, like they said, very very subtle kind of beer that's not two in your face with all the sparkly fruitinesses of a saison um only 5.6 abv so you can drink a few of them and not feel too crazy they nice. say it best pairs with shellfish spice cheeses uh and citrus laden vinaigrettes i wouldn't know about any of that because i just drank it solo okay uh, but it's a good beer i like the shellfish pairing 
Oh yeah. I always, you know, I think it is fascinating what like best what beer best pairs with because I get like wine, you know. I mean, that's a good one to experiment with, like what it pairs best with mm-hmm. and all that. But beer pairings are always funny to me because I mean, normally when I'm drinking beer, I'm also like eating, you know, like hell too. So yeah. uh, it's it would be fun to really get into like beer food pairings, and that, I mean that makes sense too. Shellfish with this would would seemingly taste good. So. Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty good beer that I enjoyed. Something a little different than what I highlight here, which is normally you know dark IPAs or dark ale, you know amber ales, this, that, and the other. So this was something different, uh, something I enjoyed, and a good a good snag by Alex to try a little something different. Nice. We've been catching some flack for uh, always listing California beer, so well, you know it's just we went around. Midwest. Yeah, we tried to do a little something there to a little something something there to, to mix things up, and you know we 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 got this beer. USA map that we the have bottle cap map. Yeah, we which we have not filled in very well because a lot of it again is just California. So we're we're looking to make some moves there. Um, and if you guys can help with any suggestions or anything like that, hey, always hit us up. Cool, I'm into it. Well, I think with that, that is the podcast for today. Um, quite an episode. Feeling feeling the heat. Got a, little. a lot off our chests. Yeah, we definitely we definitely did. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that. And also, a little housekeeping note. Uh, yes. For next week, well, for one, I think as soon as this podcast is posted uh, tomorrow morning, uh, we're going to tweet out a MFL 10 link to join that we'll talk about on our next show. We'll tweet that out from at Fantasy Hipsters. Um, I'll retweet it too from my account if you just want to follow me that's fine I don't follow the handle either everybody knows that Um, but so we'll tweet that out we'll probably talk about that next episode but we're only going to do one episode next week because of the Memorial Day holiday franchise has some stuff going on Uh, I I, I got some stuff going on here too so we'll just probably do an episode one episode later in the week we won't do a mail satchel episode we'll just do the regular show and uh, yeah so if you have questions though make sure you're sending them into fantasyhipsters at gmail.com yeah we'll save them for next round and we'll save them Yeah, yeah exactly so um, but I think that's all the news that we have to share about the show for now. Cool. Um, and uh, I'm ready to be done with this if you are. Yeah, man. Hipsters out. Hipsters out. Sixty three hundred listens in the last week. Sixty three hundred sexty three hundred listens. You get it? Yes. Sex. That's that Seinfeld episode when he says six. He's like, pick you pick you up at six or something, and she thinks she's a lip reader, she's deaf, and yeah. she thinks he says sex and yeah. she like runs out of the car. Let's He's yeah, like, yeah. Sex. yeah, he says, Let's do sex. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Do sex. Let's do sex. Let's do six. You like six? Yeah. Six is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's, yeah. <laughs> she pieces out on him. So that's a great one. <laughs>